My name is Jason. My last name's not important. Jesus is important. Okay. I am blessed to have my wife here and our three children that are here with us. And like I said, one more is at school. Some friends of ours and my parents and, and you. And the holiness of heaven. Okay, this is not about me. This is not about you. This is about heaven meeting you. Amen. All right, let's run through some verses right here. James chapter 3. Let's look at verse 1. My brethren, let not many of you become... I'm reading the New King James. It says, let not many of you become what? Teachers, knowing that we shall receive a what? Does your Bible talk about receiving a stricter judgment? Who receives that stricter judgment? Teachers. Who's accountable? Teachers. Teachers, we're going to talk about this morning, accountability. Something the church as a whole all across America needs to hear is you're going to be accountable before God. Mamas and daddies, you're going to be accountable. Husbands, you're going to be accountable. There may be things going on right now that nobody knows about but you, God, and the devil, but you're going to hold account to it one day. If you don't repent of it on this earth, you will stand and give account of it before God. Are we here this morning? Teachers are accountable to whom? God. What are they accountable for? What they teach. That's why what you teach better line up with the Word of God. So therefore, I also say to you, what you follow better line up with the Word of God. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, you better not be following it. Those of us who teach the Word of God, you better be teaching according to the Word of the Lord and not opinions of man, not somebody's commentary, and not some pretty little Bible that's got commentary under the bottom of it and you took it and ran with it. You better make sure that what they wrote came from the presence of God and not the mind of a man. How y'all doing this morning? Come on, somebody's going to be accountable. Because see, here's the problem I see in the American church. Is that we see all these issues going on, but nobody wants to admit we're the ones with the issues. Every church I go to, they talk about some other group and what's going on in that group and how we got it going on right. Nobody wants to admit we're the ones allowing adultery in our church. We're the ones allowing sin to run in our church and we're not addressing it. Are we here? Because see, we live in a generation right now that everybody gets offended if you talk about what they're into. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to leave offended if that's you. Because I'm coming at you. Because here's the thing about it. You got one chance at life and sin is not allowed in his presence. Is that the truth? Is sin allowed in the presence of God? Is sin allowed in heaven? Then what much makes us think we can come into local churches like this and live a lifestyle of sin and sing holiness unto God and walk out and die and go to heaven? Really? How come miracles happen more overseas than they do here? Let's talk about holiness overseas. See, I work with churches that when you go do a conference like this, this place would be full of pastors and leaders. The next time you come back next year, some of them are not there. And it's not because they didn't want to be. It's because they're dead. Get your little friend out called Google and see how many people are going to die as martyrs this year. 
See how many died last year. Go look up the last decade and see how many people died as martyrs for the name of Christ. I'm not talking about from, from famine and war. I'm talking about they died because they loved Jesus. They were murdered. That's my brothers. That's my sisters. They're not just a, a picture. They're not just a story. They're reality because they were people that loved God, but the world was not worthy of them. But see, we live in America where we love our comfort more than we do the presence of God. We love our pastors more than we do the presence of God. We love our worship more than we do the, the Word of the Lord. We're going to have some fun because I'm coming at you, religious demons. Y'all okay? Come on, Jesus. Look at Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13, verse 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive. For they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Who's going to give account? Mm-hmm. Here we go again. Everybody wants to go to Bible school. Everybody wants to be a preacher. Everybody wants to. You're going to be accountable. Everybody. Look, we live in an in a age right now. Everybody writing books. And it's almost every month somebody trying to tell me how I need to write a book and document what God's doing. There is a book already being written. It's just not on this earth. Go read in the book of Malachi when all the books of remembrances are opened. I'm in those. But I'm just saying, we live in a time, everybody writing books. And if you're here and you write books, I'm not trying to offend you. But understand, what you write, you are accountable for. Because when you write it, you now want somebody to read it. And when they read it, you're teaching them what you wrote. You better be careful what you write. Because you are accountable before God. And there's this little verse in the book of Revelation that talks about if a man changes anything written herein, what happens to him? Go read it. I don't want that. I want to teach according to the Holy Ghost and not the opinion of man. I get told all the time, you're hard. I'm not hard compared to the one you're going to stand in front of. Well, he's love. He is love, but he's also judgment. And in fact, he said, I'm not going to judge you and condemn you. Your own words will judge you and condemn you. By your words, you're acquitted. And by your words, you're condemned. You are accountable before God. We don't like this kind of preaching. Because what it does is it holds us, our feet to the fire. and makes us responsible. But guess what, friend? You are responsible. You may, look, young man, you may be out there and you have done what you've done and now you've got kids by this woman and this woman and you're not claiming any of them. Heaven knows. And she knows. You can deny it all you want. Until you want to be a man of God and you've got to take responsibility for what you've done. Woo. You're accountable. Not to me. You're accountable to God, the one who sees all. 
First Peter chapter four. Like I say, we running through these. I'm trying to get somewhere. You say, well, you're not running very fast. Believe me, I am running for me. See, what you don't understand is I go to countries where you preach two hours at a time. Then you take a ten minute break and you preach two more hours. Then you take an hour break for lunch and you preach two more hours. Take another ten minute break and you preach two more hours. How come God moves overseas and He doesn't hear? When you get hungry, God will move. All you ladies, anybody ever worked nursery? Anybody ever worked the nursery? I'm sorry, I said ladies. Men too, I apologize. I apologize. Forgive me. Has anybody, has anyone ever worked nursery? If you've got a bunch of babies in there and all of them's content, but you've got one that's crying because they're hungry, who's going to get the food? The one that's making all the noise. When you've got a whole bunch of, you know who's getting fed? You know who's getting attention? The one making the noise. When you get hungry for a move of God, guess what's going to happen? I didn't say you was hungry for a church service. I said you was hungry for a move of God. Because sometimes he's moving out there more than he is in here. Where did Jesus do a lot of his ministry? Where do we want him? Because there's air conditioning here. And it's hot out there. I don't know if it's hot in Arkansas like it is in Louisiana, but it's hot. I'm only two hours from you. I know it's hot. Okay? It's hot, isn't it? But understand something. When we get hungry for a move of God, we just need God to move wherever. If it's in here, out there, or wherever it may be. May He move even in the church down the street more than He moves in here. Wherever. May God break out right now in pulpits all across this county. Even in Calhoun County. I got family over there. They need a move of God. Y'all don't tell them I said that either. That's right. First Peter chapter 4, verse 5. Who's going to give account? They, you are. Who are you going to give an account to? To Him who is ready to do what? Judge whom? Who's the living and the dead? Those that came alive in Christ and those who remain dead in their sin. You will stand before God and you will give account for everything you've done. You're not saved by your works, but you will be judged on them. You're saved by the grace and the mercy of God through the blood of Jesus. But by His grace and His salvation, now your life changes and your works change. What I used to do, I don't do anymore. The way my mouth used to talk, I don't talk anymore. And listen, I'm not here to tell you what you can or can't do. What I'm going to tell you is, if you draw nigh to Him, He's going to tell you what you can or cannot do. He'll tell you where the standard is. Everybody talks about holiness. Let's start with heaven. That's holiness. And when you draw close to Him, holiness will find you. Because you will change. What you were doing, you will stop doing because you now want to please your new maker. His name is Jesus. 
and we are saved by His blood. There is no other name by which you can be saved. Is there? See, I was in a prison down in Louisiana. And I was in the middle of preaching and this man in the back, he stood up and he held his hand up. He happened to be an African-American man. And he, but my point is, he was a large individual. He was large and he's just standing back there. And I'm like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. I'm in a locked room and there's no guards in here, it's just me. And this is what he said, he said, hey preacher, yes sir, can you prove your God is real without touching your Bible? In other words, don't quote me a verse. Show me your God is real. And before I could even think about what to do, I said, absolutely. And I said. <laughs> and then the verse, you know, when, when Jesus talked about worry about what to say, because I will give it to you. And I'm saying, OK, Holy Ghost, what are we doing? What are we about to do? And I told that man, I said, sir, you'll get your mama who's dying of cancer. And I didn't know this guy. And I didn't know he had a mama with cancer. But the Holy Ghost knows everything. And I told him, I said, sir, you go get your mama who's dying of cancer. And I tell you what, you cry out to your God, whatever name you want to use, Muhammad, Allah, it doesn't matter to me. But when you get tired and wear out, you let me know. And I'm going to cry out to Jehovah God Almighty. And the God that heals mama, we both going to serve that God. But your God can't heal because he's dead. It's pretty awesome unless you're the one accountable for having to do that. Because y'all didn't catch the part that I'm in a locked room. And there's no guards. Or did we catch that part? But see, what you got to know is either you're there on the purposes of God or you're out of his will. See, people ask all the time, are you concerned? Are you afraid? Are you well in the natural? Of course. But I don't live in a natural state. I live in a state of the spirit of God that's within me. And Christ in me is the hope of glory. He's given me everything I need. It's not a question of is it dangerous. It's not a question of is it, is it this or is it. The only question that matters is, is it the will of God? Because I am accountable to be in His will at all times. You are accountable to be in the will of God. Some of you came here and you are all twisted inside. You don't know what to do. You, you're looking at making a move here and changing this and doing that. And you're all just conflicted. Follow the peace of God. Man, I'm praying. I'm not here. I'm trying so hard, Brother James. I need you to give me a word. Here's the word. Follow the peace. If the peace of God is not in it, don't follow it. I'm trying to help somebody. Romans chapter 14. Oh yeah, I'm running still. Hallelujah. Y'all okay? Amen. Romans chapter 14. Look at verse 12. So then each of us shall give what? Of himself to? Who's going to give account? You are. So am I. Look at Matthew chapter 12. 
Who's accountable? That person you look at in the mirror. Satan didn't make you do it. You made a choice. Now, for those of us in this house, as you turn to Matthew chapter 12, for those of us here that the enemy has messed with you your whole life, because, hear hear what I'm trying to say, you were born in a situation that you may not even know who your dad is. You didn't have a, your home situation was not right. You were born out of wedlock. You were born out of, out of rape. You were born out of whatever. And it has messed with you your whole life. God does not make mistakes. God opens and closes the womb. What happened may not have been righteous. What happened may have been sin. But you are not sin. You were born into sin because you were born in the nature of sin. But you being born was not the sin. Come out of that mess and let it fall off of you right now. You have purpose. You have destiny according to the purposes of God. Let it be unleashed on you right now. Step into your purpose. Step into your destiny and stop hiding behind what happened back there and be the man and woman of God that God is calling you to be today. Are you here? Come on, let hope rise up in hearts all across this room. Hmm. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. But I say to you, this is Jesus talking, what does he say? For every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be. Every word that comes out of your mouth, you better hold your tongue. To that pastor that offended you, you better stop talking about it. Where something happened at that church and it split and you're still bitter over it, you better let the bitterness go. You better repent and get your mouth off of it. Some of us, our tongue is overloading us and we don't even realize it. Some of us are sick because of the words of our own mouth. Well, my daddy died of such and such, and I, you know I'm going to get that because it's just in our lineage. You go ahead. I don't want it. <laughs> the words of your mouth release, and the words of your mouth condemn. Do you know how many of us curse each other all the time by the words of our mouths? Can you believe what they're doing? Can you believe what she did? Do you know how many of our own children are struggling because of the words of the mouth of the parent over that child? Come on, let's bless them. Stop cursing people and start blessing people. You go through the Dollar General. Y'all know where that is, right? Y'all got them up here? They're everywhere. I'm telling you, if there is an empty lot anywhere, an empty pasture anywhere, they're going to put a Dollar General and across the road, a family dollar. You walk in there and you buy your stuff and you look at that person checking you out. Be blessed in Jesus' name. And you can tell the ones who are Christians. They lie to you too. That's right. There's a lot of times me and my African-American mamas, we have church up in there. 
We were staying at a place last week in this late. I was out there grilling. I had that boudin. Y'all don't even know what boudin is, but that's all right. Had boudin on there. And I had some of that good old deer sausage on there. Jalapeno cheese deer sausage. Mm. Had some good burgers and I had some good old ribeye laid up on there. And this lady come walking by. She just stopped in her tracks. Woo, Jesus. I said, "Uh uh-uh. She stood up on that railing. We had church right there. I'm telling you, Grandmama about got the Holy Ghost heebie-jeebies up there and just started breaking it down. I'm telling you, you can have church wherever you are. I'm telling you, you got to be in the will of God. Sometimes it's the will of God to grill. I like it. I like to eat. I don't like fasting. Maybe y'all are peculiar and you just like, I love me some fasting. I don't. I do it, but I don't like it. Are y'all alive here? See, y'all don't want to talk about fasting because Jesus said when you fast, not if you fast. And he didn't say fast your Dr. Pepper and your slushy icy machine and your Hershey bar. How come the foreign churches have more miracles and more power? Because they know what true fasting and prayer is. See that brother I had up there earlier, Brother Philip, my main pastor? Their first service was 4.30 this morning. From 4.30 to 8, it was prayer. They went home and changed. They came back at 9 to go to about 2 o'clock. They go home. They come back and have another service to go late into the night. Every Sunday. See, it happens quite often. I get texts. There'll be 26 pastors together praying all night. I'm telling you, when we get serious for a move of God, instead of reading what God did and going, one day we're going to see the glory of the former in the now, we'll see it when we get hungry. When we decide... We're done with all of this and all these games. And it's not about programs, but it's about the presence of God. When we decide it's about His presence, we'll learn what it means to weep between the porch and the altar. We'll learn what it means to make the carpet wet with our tears. We'll learn what it means to wear the the, the knees out because we're on them praying for folk. Y'all know what folk are, right? We in the country, aren't we? Folk. Y'all know what folk are, right? When you pray for people. We got to get through this introduction. Why are y'all laughing? All right, Ezekiel chapter 33. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Move in this place, Holy Ghost. Ezekiel 33. If you know Ezekiel 33, you know where I'm headed. Verse 8. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die, and you do not speak and warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. What are you accountable for? For telling or not telling 
the truth. I'm telling you, we live in an age right now, these millennials that are around us, you can tell them you sure are tall, they'll get offended. You'll tell them you sure are short, they get offended. You tell them anything, they get offended. It is rare to tell them anything and them not be offended at it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Because see, we live now that you've got four to five generations alive and every one of them's got a different mindset of what really is. But let me tell you what doesn't change. It wavers not. See, we live in a time where everybody wants to talk about certain sins. But we don't want to finish those verses that those all liars and fornicators, adulterers, homosexuals, yeah, it's in the list, but so is your lying, so is your drunkenness. So are the cowardly. Cowardly. Somebody that comes in here but don't want to live it out there. Coward. I'm calling you out. Coward. You want to come in here and, and, and my brother Stephen get up there and the whole worship team, man, it was awesome this morning. It was amazing. The presence of God was here and a lot of us missed it. We missed it. Because you wait on a preacher to come tell you something when God was here trying to tell you himself. Yes, God commissions men and women. Absolutely, He does. But He desires to speak with you even more than through a preacher. He desires you more than you're desiring Him. He loves you. He cares for you. He knows your name. He knows the day of your birth and the day you were conceived because He was involved. When you were forming in your mother's womb, He was involved. Well, I wish I was taller. He put you the way you are. My whole life, I wanted to be taller so I could play basketball. Until the day came when I'm in a foreign country in Asia working with the underground church where it's illegal to be there to start with preaching. You go as a tourist, but when you start preaching, you're basically a wanted felon. I've been there now eight times. And they looked at me and said, if you were any taller, we couldn't let you come because we can't hide you. Okay, Holy Ghost, I'll take that. So you knew what you were doing, did you? You made me as tall as I could be and still use me over here. Are you here? Because see, in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his, his steps. I wasn't going to share this, but I'm going to share this here. There was a gentleman, again, friend of mine, African-American guy from Houston. His name's Curtis. And I was talking to Curtis on the phone some few weeks ago, and he says, Brother Jason, he said, you're in these countries, you're doing this stuff. How did you get there? I feel like God's calling me to do this and this. How do I get there? And I just stopped. I said, Brother Curtis. He said, yes, sir. I said, uh, are you in the will of God today? And that is not what he was, he was expecting. He stuttered, and he said, well, I said, are you in the will of God right now? Today, are you in his will? He said, well, I believe I am. I said, then that's the only place you've got to figure out how to be is in His will. 
Because if you're in His will today and you're in His will tomorrow, all of that will come to pass. You don't have to worry about it. Well, how are we going to do I don't know those answers. He does. In his heart, a man plans his course. But the Lord determines his... The steps of a righteous man are ordered by whom? The Lord. Are your steps ordered by Him? If you're righteous, they are. If you feel like you're out there somewhere that tells me you're not being righteous, today's our day to get back to the righteousness of God. Today's our day to understand we're going to be accountable. And what you're accountable is for the person, your neighbor that's beside you that's dying and going to hell. You want a guy like me to come in and bring them to me so that I can preach to them. And I'm saying, that's great, but shame on you. You should have reached them before you ever brought them. Because you see people I will never see. You're going to know people I will never know. You have people in your contacts right now on your phones that I will never know who they are. But you know them. Jesus needs to know them. And He wants to use you to reach them. Are y'all here this morning? Would you please put that picture up there? I come across this this last week. And I didn't come up with this. I found this somewhere. And I wanted to, I just felt like the Holy Ghost said, put this on here this morning. It talks about, it just says, Judas had the best pastor, the best leader, the best advisor, the best counselor, yet he. The problem is not the leadership or the church you go to. If your attitude and character doesn't change, your heart will not transform and you will always be the same. I didn't come up with that, but I read that and I borrowed it. I have no clue who it is or whoever they are. I give them the credit for it. But I figure that came from the Holy Ghost to start with. So therefore, if he gave it, he gives me the liberty to use it. All right. But the truth is, Judas betrayed Jesus, did he not? But yet he walked with God. Judas saw miracles. Judas operated in miracles. Go read it. He was sent out. They came back telling the stories of what God had done through them. Right? But yet he, in the eyes of man, and in the eyes of God, he says it would have been best if he had never been born. That's what the word says. But it had to happen. So that Jesus would die. Because without Judas. And see a lot of us have Judas around us. And you keep praying asking God to get him away from you. But God's trying to work stuff in you and out of you. And he's using Judas to do it. Because see here's the thing. When that Judas leaves, another one comes right in its place. The face changes, the name changes, but the attitude's the same. And you keep going, how come I keep attracting these kind of people? Well, when you start changing, 
and dying to yourself and being conformed to the image of Jesus instead of religion, something might change. Brother, I am getting some looks up on her. Now I know why Brother Jerry wasn't here. I'm joking. We desire the church to be a safe place for the broken. True? Let me read it again. We desire the church to be a safe place for the broken. But as long as it's a safe place for those causing the brokenness, it can never be. It's time for the church to hold people accountable. It's time to call sin what it is. Sin has been hiding in the church. And we've been just saying, it's okay, God, I change them. No, I'm telling you right now. If you've got sin hiding in your heart, it's not okay. Jesus died to set you free from the sin, not so you could live in your sin. Well, you saying you can be perfect. I'm saying you can be like Jesus. How's that? Go read 1 John and we'll talk about it. Go, go read what the angel told Mary. He will save the people from their sin. Not in their sin. What we've done is we tell people, come up here, say a prayer, cry a tear, and you're born again. Now be baptized. If the Spirit of God is not abiding in you, you are not born again. If the witness of the Holy Spirit does not dwell in you, you are not born again. If there's not a heart change, you're not born again. If love is not your aim, you're not born again. If the holiness of God is not dwelling inside of you, you are not born again. But you must be born again. There's got to be a change happening on the inside. There's got to be something on the inside changing you. And it's called the Spirit of God. And when the church hungers for the Spirit of God, there will be change. But church... All across this nation and all across the world, we are more concerned and we're happier about our church buildings than we are His presence. And it's wrong. It's wrong. I have been out in a field under corn sacks tied together and felt more of the presence of God than I ever have it in a church in America. There's been more manifestation out in the field than I've ever seen in a church in America. And it's wrong. Listen to me. I am not mad at you. I am not. I am trying to help us. But the time has come for accountability. But what we do is we look at you, each other and go, who are you to tell me what to do? Because again, we live in an age where nobody can speak into your life, including the presence of God. Because you get offended at everybody. If anybody even tries to correct you, you get offended, especially if it's not the pastor. Well, who are you to tell me what to do? I'm a nobody, but the Word tells me what to do. And if it goes against the Word of God, you're wrong. Sin is still sin. It doesn't matter what our American culture says. It doesn't matter if they tell you you've got to be politically correct. It's still sin. God hates adultery. It's still wrong. Do adulterers and fornicators make it into His presence? No. Can God forgive them? Yes. But should it be a lifestyle? No. We've got people that divorced each other. They married somebody else and now they sit on this side of the church and this one sits on this side of the church and nothing has ever been said. 
there's been no repentance. And now they're 15 years later, they're leading Sunday school classes. They're doing this, they're doing that. And they've never repented of their sin. We get people come in that we're living together and we're, oh, they got they can't be living together. They got to get married. No, they need to repent before they ever get married. All you want to do is cover it up. You just want to put a band-aid over a big old sore under there until you deal with the root of the problem. It's still there. And we wonder why we're struggling. We're wondering why we can't go forward. We've got to deal with the sin. And see, in most of us, we agree with this until it comes time to deal with the sin. Because nobody wants to admit, I'm full of lust. I've been on Instagram and I've been looking at things I shouldn't have been looking at. I've been on this, I've been on that. And you delete your history, but heaven knows your history. We've got marriages that are, that are drawing apart because we've allowed the God of Facebook to take over our home. We're losing our young people to social media. They're more concerned about getting likes on social media than they are. You must be born again. Are we here, church? I'm telling you, something's got to change. We each keep talking about revivals coming not until we humble ourselves and seek His face and turn from our wicked ways. Then He will hear and heal. Are we here, church? Say, I don't know you. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the anger that's been up inside of you. Jesus died to set you free from that anger, sir. Some of us ladies, we were hurt, we were abused, we were mistreated, and we've toted it for years. And some of us, we've never told anybody what somebody did to us because of the shame. Today is our day to let go. Today is our day to release them before God. You say, well, I'm not the one that did it. They did it. I understand that, but you've got to forgive them. You say, well, I've been trying. Let me help you with that. The way it starts is with God, I release them and I forgive. And you call them by name. And you genuinely pray over it. And tomorrow you wake up and you say it again. And the next day you wake up and you say it again. And the next day you wake up and you say it again. And it may take you time. But one day you'll wake up and you'll pray it and you'll realize I really meant it. Because it takes the love of God to flood in, to change you. It takes the love of God to heal you. Some of you got a past. Everybody in here has got a past. Everybody in this room has done things they wish they had never done. They wish they could go back and take back. They wish, listen to me, it's not about your past, it's about today. It's about what God is doing in you today. It's about freedom that it wants you today. It's about the holiness of God that wants you today, sir. Young lady, young woman, it's about God doing something amazing in your life right now. Because I'm telling you, with all sincerity of my heart, you will stand before God and you will give account.
And to be honest, it scares me. It really does. Because we are standing before the King of kings and the Lord of all lords. The one who has fire in his eyes. The one who, I'm telling you, go read about it. He's, he is to be reverent and honored. He is the Lord of glory. And holy is his name. The hardness of our heart and legalism has wooed us from our relationship with God. In order for there to be change, we have to be willing to change. We have to be willing to take up our cross, to deny ourselves, and to follow Him. I'm not going to read them, but in Matthew 13, verses 40 through 43, there's going to come a day when He's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. He's going to separate the thistles from the wheat. And what He's talking about there is not just the world. Inside the church. Because inside of here, listen to me, I'm not judging you. I am not. But all over, everywhere I've been, you've got people hiding in the church. Full of sin. You even have witches and warlocks hiding in churches now. Just telling you the way it is. And if you're here, I'm coming for you. Because your gods will bow. To the name of Jesus. And not to, I know it's Sunday morning, I, I understand that. And I'm not trying to be crude and rude, but just, just give me a little bit of liberty right here. I want you to think of the most hideous thing you've ever seen Hollywood produce. I want you to think of the most hideous Lord of the Rings orc to Freddy Krueger, to whatever it is, the most hideous thing you've ever seen Hollywood make up. Now, I want you to think of that thing and I want you to pucker up and kiss it. Because when you choose sin over Jesus, in reality, that's what you're doing. You're telling the demon, come here. Give me a kiss. I desire you over the presence of God. I desire my lust and my anger, my bitterness, my resentment, my hatred over the presence of God. When we allow racial divisions between us, we're choosing demonic things over with the presence of God. It's just a pigment of skin. That is all it is. But we allow it to divide us. And it's got to stop. When my son arrived at Bible school, both of his roommates, we didn't have a clue who they would be, but both of them are African Americans. And when he figured that out, he smiled the biggest smile. I mean, he just was so happy. Because see, to him, he doesn't see color. Because I didn't teach him to see color. He sees men of God who are hungry for the same thing he's hungry for. The first Sunday he was there, he drove 15 minutes down the road to Bishop T.D. Jakes' church and loved it. Because he doesn't see color. He's looking for the anointing. 
Church, it's time to get real. Would you stand up this morning? See, the day is coming when we will give account. And you may be here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I, I Listen to me, I understand it's Sunday morning. But I'm not going to leave this place without giving you the opportunity to get it right with Jesus. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we want to introduce you to the most glorious King you've ever known. You're here and you've been, you're, you're addicted to drugs and alcohol. You're here and you're addicted to sexual perversion. I'm telling you, Jesus can set you free. You've been seeking a high. I'm telling you, I found him. His name's Jesus. He will take you higher than any drug can ever take you. You've been, you've been chasing alcohol. You're trying to get drunk. Look, I've been so drunk and the Holy Ghost people had to tote me out of buildings. I couldn't walk just a few weeks ago this happened. Because the anointing of God is greater than your alcohol. The anointing of God breaks your yoke. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to come up here and I want you to declare it with me and we're going to declare Jesus as Lord over our lives. Because I don't want you to die and give account for something that Jesus died to set you free from. Because see, we quote John 3.16. But we, but we stop short. But see, we like to quote, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be. You don't have to live in your condemnation. You don't have to live in your sin anymore. I don't care if you've been going to church for years and you've been hiding in the church, but you know your life is not right with God. You know you're in a backslidden state. You know there's sin crept inside of you. You know there's stuff inside of you right now. I invite you up here with me right now. And let's start a fresh and a new right now. Let the conviction of heaven be all across this room. Ain't nobody going to condemn you. Ain't nobody going to judge you. We're going to get it right with Jesus. We're going to release you. you got hatred in your heart towards somebody. Somebody did you wrong. I invite you up here right now. Let's repent and let's get it right with Jesus. Somebody offended you and you've held on to it for years. Somebody abandoned you and you are all twisted on the inside. And you don't know what to do. I invite you. Come, let's get it right with Jesus. We will stand before God and we will give account. But today's our day to get it right with Jesus. Right now is our time. This is our time of repentance. I'm telling you, friend, don't let this moment get by you. I'm telling you, friend, come to Jesus. Come on, friend, come to Jesus. Let's come to Jesus. Let's come up here and let's cry out to Jesus. And say, God, I repent. Forgive me. Come on, friend. Don't you let the enemy hold you back. Young person, don't let your friends keep you from coming to Jesus today. This is your day of freedom. This is your day. Young lady, you were done wrong. You were mistreated, taken advantage of. Today's your day to let it go. To walk out of here free and and free in Jesus. See, there's, there's, there's something about an animal that's, that was born in captivity, that's in a zoo. They've never been out in, the, out in the wild. All they know is the life they have in the zoo. They don't even know they were created to be free. You were created to be free. 
You were not created to be bound by sin and anger and bitterness. You were created to be free. Wait just another moment. I want you to, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, please come. If you're here and you're backslidden, please come. If you're here and you just got bitterness, just pit up inside of you. You're here and you know you're not right with God. Please come. And it's not so we can say, look how many people know this is about you getting right with God. Don't just let this be another opportunity you came forward. I want you right where you're standing if you're up here. I want you to just tell Jesus about it. I want you to talk to him that I'm going to lead you in a prayer in a moment. But I want you to get it right with Jesus right where you are. Just let the presence of God come over you right here, right now. Forgiveness flood over you. The Holy Ghost flood over you. to him? Are you telling him about it? Because this is about you and Jesus. I'm telling you, Jesus is about to do something amazing right here. Freedom in the Holy Ghost. You don't know what your identity is because you tried this and you tried that young person. I'm telling you right now, Jesus can set you free and let you find your identity. of heaven come holiness of heaven come holiness of heaven come holiness of heaven come life of God Jesus 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 alright if you're up here with me I don't want you to look at me I just want you to talk to Jesus you to tell him, Jesus, here I am. Come on, say it with me. Jesus, here I am. I humble myself before you. I am undone. Without you, I am nothing. But with you, I can do anything. So right now, I renounce my sin and I ask you to forgive me. I renounce the wickedness of my own heart and I welcome your love inside of me to renew me, to refresh me, to make all things new. I repent and I renounce the sin. Right now, I receive the refreshing of the Spirit of God.